How's it feel to look at that scoreboard? It's special. I realize they're keeping it on too. Yeah, it's, it's real special. I mean, when I was a sophomore, I was the scout team going up against those guys. I, I helped in that win. Now I'm, I'm playing in the game. It's really special. This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, reporter with SB Live. We're going to talk about what we learned in week seven of the high school football season in Washington. Lots of upsets, great games, league title implications, all the above. With me is my co-pilot of this ship, senior reporter with SB Live, the pride of Tacoma. And depending on the week, he's your pal and mine, or he's nobody's pal. Which is it this week? Todd Millis is with me. Well, I'll tell you, in Pierce County, I I think in Graham, it's... uh... I'm the pride of Graham, I think, after after witnessing what I did Saturday night. Andy in that 4A SBSL showdown, it was a fantastic performance by Joshua Wood and company. Um, once they sort of got warmed up there late in the late in the first half, um, but man, I can't believe it, man. We're we're getting we're getting near the end of this regular season, and it's another slate of games with league championship uh, implications. Uh, we're not that far away from the round of 32 in the state playoffs and lo and behold, you know, we're going to blink our eyes and we're going to be in spark stadium or Harry Lang or Mount Tahoma stadium for the state championships. Well, I felt like I just blinked my eyes and we went from breaking down each classification in August on this very podcast to now we're talking about week seven. As I said uh, before, we are reporters covering high school sports across the state of Washington. Uh, you can find our work at scorebooklive.com slash Washington and the SB Live Sports app. Uh, it is free and available for you in both of those places. It's the best way to get scores on the weekends, uh, videos, podcasts, uh, highlights, stories, all of the above. But like you said, Todd, with two weeks left in the regular season, uh, we have the postseason now just a couple weeks away. Um, could you explain kind of what happens next after we finish those week nine games and, uh, you know, leagues around the state, teams around the state turn their head toward the postseason? What does that look like? What comes next? Yeah, as you know, Andy, uh, each district has an allotted amount of berths to the round of 32. Um, and then so it's basically what we would consider a, a, a district round. Uh, so you play one round of, of that and those winners will advance to the to the uh, to the first round of the state playoffs. Um, so, you know, and, and that and those district berths. They change up year in and year out as leagues combine in districts. Uh, so obviously the number of teams you have in a league, that, that obviously increases the allotment uh, of, of playoff berths. So, um, yeah, and then obviously in the round of 16, you know, we, we adopted the, the, the seating committee. And, and this year it's going to be football coaches and athletic directors will get in a room. And and seed those sixteen teams, and we'll play out the bracket uh, in four A and three A, and so on. Well, I know there were a lot of leagues across the state that were patiently awaiting to find out how many bids uh, they were going to be competing for, uh, and, and there's a lot we're going to get to there uh, with league title races and postseason bids uh, being uh, arm wrestled for in these last couple of weeks uh, and, and this past weekend as well. Uh, so we're going to start with where we were and what we saw in week seven. Todd, you weren't at this game, but Auburn Riverside beats Auburn Mountain View in epic fashion, 28-21. 
winning its first ever 3A MPSL title. Uh, we had correspondent Doug Drowley there and uh, Vince Miller, the photog extraordinaire. You know, this is a big win for an Auburn Riverside team under Greg Hurd that, you know, as we talked about in the preview podcast uh, on Thursday, you know, Auburn Riverside hadn't, you know, this, they had gotten kind of ha- it handed to them by, by, uh, by Mountain View last year in the spring. So, so they win this game. It's kind of a battle for Auburn. Um, what, what does this mean and say just about the momentum of that program and what coach Hurd has done? Yeah. I, I mean, we, I thought we, th- I think we talked about this in our preview podcast last week, Andy, that, you know, this is a young group that's a year older and, and more importantly, Greg Hurd's been able to kind of, you know, what he's installed, kind of take it to another level and what his expectations are schematically, uh, spiritually, you know, all the things that go into a program, you know, quite frankly, they were, they were, they were healthier Thursday night. Um, they were hungrier. Um, and it kind of played out that way. They were the more physical team. Um, they, they rode those big linemen and that run game, uh, to a victory. I mean, credit to Auburn Mountain View for, for being down big early, trying to shift things up, getting it tied late, uh, but uh, man, those Ravens! Congratulations to Greg Hurd. It's been a long time. I, I remember when this school opened; it was on a long, long losing streak—the longest losing streak in the state. And for them to, in, in 2021, for us to be talking about Auburn Riverside, you know, winning its first um, league championship outright, uh, and and obviously they'll they'll probably be a pretty high seed in the 3A playoffs. That's a that's a great accomplishment for Greg Hurd in his second year. No question. Uh, shout out to the Ravens and uh, Coach Hurd. There's a recap of that game and photos that you can find on the site. On Thursday, I was at Kiggins Bowl in Vancouver. That stadium is one of my favorites to cover games at, and it's so old and has needed uh, <laughs> updates and renovations for years and years and years, and they're finally getting it now. Uh, it's being constructed kind of around the stadium, slowly being updated bit by bit. But I saw Skyview, uh, a team that was just outside of our top 10, I believe, um, at, the, at the 4A level this week, take it to Union. Uh, it's number six Union in our poll. Uh, Skyview beats them 37-7. to Thorough domination in every facet of the game. Uh, Union showed some nice moments, but just kind of couldn't get out of its own way from a turnover standpoint. Uh, Skyview established the run like it does so well in... Uh, with its its running back duo of Jaden Knapp and Gabe Martin, a little thunder and lightning, and, and lightning was was uh, <laughs> lightning struck at Kiggins Bowl. Knapp rushed 18 times for 149 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he was fantastic. He, uh, you know, Skyview was able to keep Union off balance a little bit by throwing the ball. Nico Ariola, senior quarterback, uh, had a nice 40 yard touchdown toss to. Uh, tight end Tanner Beeman, who who's kind of a matchup nightmare there, is a tight end linebacker combo. There were some colleges, some FCS colleges coming to check him out at that game. But uh, we'll talk about this in a moment, just in how this impacts the uh, 4A GSHL uh, title race, which has always kind of been a three horse race. But Skyview puts itself at the top of that league in the driver's seat, uh, and you know just looks really, really thoroughly impressive uh, setting up. Uh, you know, a strong matchup and a, a matchup that's, that's I think, much awaited uh, next week against Camus. So, 
Todd, on Saturday, you watched Graham Kapausen, as you said in the intro to this podcast, uh, really take it to number five Sumner. This was considered GK's biggest test of the season uh, based on how its schedule shook out. 41-14 over a a good Sumner Spartans team. Um, What's your takeaway uh, from that game and just how you view uh, the the train that is GK? Well, you know, it's funny, Andy. I I talked to Eric Kurliak to the game. They, they beat the Spartans 41, 14. And I just, I looked at him. I said, how do you beat you? Like, how does a team beat you? And he just sort of chuckled. And, and he says, you know, we can beat ourselves. And if we beat ourselves, somebody can, can beat us. Um, I just don't see this team doing that. Andy, uh, they have depth everywhere. They have a quarterback that just doesn't make mistakes. There was, you know, juice, Mason was fantastic on, on Friday at 10 or Saturday. They had, he had a career high 10 receptions. And, it, you know, it's funny because you, you, you talk to different coaches and they sort of, they think they can sort of poke holes in that Graham Kapow's in defense. You know, Sumner went at it strength on strength. They wanted to run the ball right at that, right at that defensive front. If Peyton wing hadn't gotten hurt, could it have been a, a different game or a closer game? Absolutely. I mean, Peyton Wing enjoyed a little bit of success on that first drive before dinging up his knee. Um, I just don't, but I, when I look at Graham Kapowson, um, I just don't see, you know, I don't see a weakness. Um, they're, they're good enough in their linebacking core with Jalen Davenport. They're good enough in their secondary. We've talked about that defensive line, the depth and talent and that offense, that offense. I mean, when it got rolling, Andy, you know, the last five minutes of that first half, you know, Josh Wood, I mean, you know, the, he's just, he, he, he just seems to be a half step and a half beat ahead of what the defense wants to do to try and control him. It's just, it's, it's fun watching a team just in this chess match of schematics always seem to be a couple moves ahead. Um, and that's what, that, and when that happens, you see what happens against a good team happen Saturday night, another blowout win. They get a couple weeks uh, playing some of the softer teams in their schedule, and then they're going to roll into the state playoffs. I mean, I've had coaches text me more about Graham Kapowson this year than any other team. Are they that good? Are they for real? And those same coaches who watched the game Saturday night, I got a couple text messages this morning. were like, oh, my gosh, Joshua Wood, you were right. He is so dynamic and efficient. And it's just I, I just don't. As good as Foray has, has has emerged here in the last couple of weeks, I still look at Graham Kapowson and how they can beat teams in so many different ways. I just I don't know how somebody beats them. Well, I, I you're not alone in thinking that, and I've had the same experience with coaches and coaches who are on the seating committee, uh, or, or coach assistant coaches helping out coaches who are on the seating committee uh, at different games that have come up to me and said, you know, hey, is this is this team legit? And you know, it's one thing to have this kind of generational team that comes together for, for, for GK in um, just all the weapons it has and all the boxes it checks across the board, offensively, defensively, in the trenches. It's another thing to put it together in the way that they have uh, and, and not make the, the, the type of costly mistakes or you know, not show and exhibit the type of discipline that it requires to maximize that potential. And so you're right, after week seven, it lo- it sure looks like GK ain't losing in, in the regular season. But let's see if when we throw, uh, you know, 
loser go home uh, circumstance and playoff circumstance into the mix if any of these great 4A teams across the state that we talk about on a week-to-week basis um, can can do anything in, in kind of a single game matchup. So I think that's going to kind of be the most that's going to be the story of this playoffs. I think across all classifications. So. We're going to get into five stories from across the state uh, in week seven. You know, I was on Friday, uh, you and I were both kind of doing flyover coverage. I was playing night editor from the home office. Uh, a lot happened. I, I put together a story you and I did, taking a look at five games worth revisiting in week seven. And, and we'll talk about a couple of those here in our five storylines. But, you know, if, if you want to just kind of take your time with what happened across this state, um, we have very thorough breakdowns. We had reporters at, at games all around the state this weekend. Uh, those are on the site as well as this five games worth revisiting. Um, and the first game, the game that led that, uh, we're going to start with here on our first topic. Marysville Pilchuck uh, has been one of the most dominant teams in the state this season, stringing together back-to-back blowout wins over Glacier Peak and Ferndale uh, of the last few weeks. On Friday, uh, Pilchuck went to Arlington and in a 3A Wesco matchup and lost by two touchdowns to Trent Novak, Quentin Jan Wagner, and Co. And, and the 3A Wesco could end up here with a, three, a three-way tie. Arlington with just an unbelievable all-around performance. Trent Novak was fantastic. Uh, I followed along on, on the radio, on KRKO. Uh, those guys do such an awesome job covering their backyard. And Novak threw two early picks and rebounded. And, you know, it was 28-7 to at halftime. And that's a Pilchuck team that just has not played from behind this season. I think they had running clocks like every one of their opponents so far heading into that game. So, you know, Marysville Pilchuck uh, – Look, appeared to be a team that was gonna, you know, that was gonna compete for a number one seed, a team that was, you know, at or near the number one spot in the polls this week. And Arlington goes, uh, you know, a senior heavy group. Uh, head coach Greg Daler um, gets his signature win this season. He said after the game that it was, uh, I, he could count on 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 one hand just the 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 wins, uh, the most momentous wins in his experience at the helm of that program. And this might, that win might fit in just at the top with how convincing it was uh, and how surprising it was too, Todd. Um, what did you make of this game, uh, especially when you saw you know, that, that 28-7 to 7 early, early halftime scoreline uh, and Arlington pull through? What did I make from that game? It, uh, the success is, is, a, is a fleeting thing from week to week. I mean, I, the way Marysville Pilchuck completely blew the doors off Glacier Peak and Ferndale the past two weeks. Granted, two, you know, probably more run-based teams. And, you know, River Leans can, can obviously chuck it around a little bit. But to go on the road, you know, that was probably one of the one of the differences, to go on the road and and lose and get two early turnovers and not control the game. I mean, I thought the union result, I mean, my 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 – my jaw dropped on that one, Andy. And this one, my jaw dropped even further. I was, I was floored by, by that result. Um, but Trent Novak is a, is a really quality quarterback. You know, we didn't see a whole lot of him in the spring. He was hurt. Um, I get the chance to see him in Yakima at the Northwest nine, um, a big, strong, uh, armed guy. Uh, and, and obviously he shook off those two early miscues. And, and, and got that offense going a little bit, but credit to that defense. 
I mean, that slot T rushing attack by the Tomahawks had been steamrolling everybody. And for Arlington to hold that, that, that offense in the check, congratulations to the, to the Eagles. And now we're talking about, you know, it, it's, it sort of went from a victory parade to a, a, a kind of a, a mess in that three, a Wesco, um, you know, I'm sure Ferndale and, and Jamie uh, Plankovich probably sent those Eagles, a, a nice fruit basket <laughs> because now all of a sudden they're, they're looking at that league, um, that league race and saying, we're back in it. So it, this is going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks, uh, in that league. Um, a huge slip up by um, by Marysville Pilchuck, one that I don't think either one of us saw. Leagues decide how to break ties differently, and and Daler told the radio uh, in the post game that the three A Wesco uh, uh, bids are decided by a random draw, and they had already draw- they already made that draw, and so he had said at least he told the radio station Ferndale gets the top s- slot, Arlington, and then Marysville Pilchuck three. Um, so, you know, that's still to be determined. There's still, you know, there's still a couple weeks of football left. And so, um, we will see, but definitely that league is, is chief among those, uh, that, you know, chief among those to follow here, uh, in the last couple weeks of the season. I mean, Andy, think about that. If that's, if that tiebreaker holds up, can you imagine Marysville Pilchuk? Uh, I mean, we had him in our top three. I know some poll, polls have had them at, at number one. Can you imagine now Marysville Pilchuk as a three seed out of that league going and p- playing somebody on the road? I mean, if I were another 3A contender around the state and this team showed up in my stadium in the round of 32 or the round of 16, I would be <laughs> – I, I would just be flabbergasted. I would be, I would be angry. I mean, that's just – you know, but these are the monkey wrenches that you see sometimes when a big upset occurs or, a, you know, um, and so it, it really kind of, you know, sort of shakes up the, the bracket a little bit. Yeah, you're right. And, and let's just use that point, Todd, to piggyback in, into our next uh, topic, which is Cam is t- going on the road. Uh, Cam is sitting at two and four, driving up to Tumwater in a battle of the reigning 2A and 4A state champions from 2019. And Camus went and and got a real confidence booster by beating Tumwater. Uh, got up on him early, and, and Tumwater made it interesting late. Uh, and Camus prevails there uh, at the end in a close one. Uh, Dave Weber was there, a correspondent for uh, SB Live was there. You can read his recap on the site as well as comments from interim coach, uh, interim papermakers coach Jack Hathaway, who... You know he had he had a tough bill of goods put in front of him this year, trying to step in uh, in the, and fill the shoes of John Eagle, one of the state's most accomplished coaches uh, and a future Hall of Famer, who took a job as an offensive assistant on Bruce Barnum's staff at Portland State after the spring season. Hathaway steps in and hey, look down the line at this schedule. They played four of the top state powers in, in Oregon, went 0 for 4 to start the season, uh, then. Against Washington, though, uh, they've uh, they're on on a roll. I mean, they beat Battleground handily, turned around and beat you know a pretty solid uh, Mountain View team that appears poised to win that three A GSHL, and they handed it to them. Uh, and then Camus goes up and gets uh, it, to this point its signature win of the season over Tumwater. Uh, and you know this GSL this GSHL at the four A level 
has two bids this year. It's a four-team league, and there's going to be a modified Kansas City tiebreaker for two postseason spots if uh, this if, if the top of this league uh, is sitting at a tie after Week Nine. Skyview Camus and Union, like we said about Skyview and how good it looked, Skyview is, is has not lost yet in league play and faces its uh, you know a, a task going at Camus uh, this upcoming week in Week Eight. And then Camus and Union play in week nine. And so between those three teams, one team is going to be sitting at home uh, in the postseason. And, and, you know, I think it's anyone's guess to this point because we just don't know. You know, Skyview looked so good and so thoroughly dominated uh, Union on last Thursday. But Sky Camus has been a boogeyman for the Storm for the past couple years. I mean, I, I've covered games in recent years, 2018, 2019, um, where, you know, it just felt like Skyview had, you know, had a pathway to victory against the papermakers and somehow Camus found ways uh, to pull it out. I mean, the, tw- the example that stands out most to me is uh, the two, at least, of these last two years, uh, Camus, Camus taking two overtimes to beat Skyview, come from behind uh, and win at Doc Harris Stadium in the spring. Um, took Got a really gutsy performance uh, from uh, Jake Blair, Andrew Caruso's, made it just this heroic late game drive, and the papermakers just made play after play after play to win that game. And two years ago, when Camus was on its revenge tour and went 14-0 and won a 4A state title, Maybe its closest game of the season was at Kiggins Bowl playing Skyview when quarterback Jake Blair went down with a broken collarbone mid-game, and it looked like Skyview might be in the driver's seat to to uh, kind of put the pedal on the metal and and pull that game out, especially with the way it turned, and that just didn't happen. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't make plays downfield. Camus' defense held firm. Its its offensive defensive lines were just so good that year. But um, I guess all that to say that. Camus has been Skyview's boogeyman, and so when I, I look at a Skyview team that's going to skyrocket up our 4A, or it's going to rise in our 4A rankings this week after what it did to Union, and everybody around the state should be impressed with that result, because I was there in person, and it was as thorough a domination uh, as I've seen all year. Uh, that being said, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't want to be Skyview coming into to Doc Harris Stadium uh, this upcoming week and uh, and playing for you know what might be or what will be one of two playoff bids uh, out of this league. So another really compelling league uh, title race that's going to leave a really good football team sitting at home in Week 10. What is it about the boogeyman of the 4A GSHL? You had talked about this last week on the podcast, how Skyview kind of had Union's number, uh, and now Camus has sort of had Skyview's number. I mean, I I guess my question is, who comes into this game with more momentum? after last week, Andy, because both of those teams registered huge wins. I'm not going to, I'm not going to underestimate Camus anymore. Uh, you know, and maybe we, <laughs> maybe we misspoke, maybe we misspoke at the beginning of the season and last week saying, declaring that the union Skyview game, um, was the 4A GSHL game of the year, because why don't we just say the next three weeks <laughs> are the 4A GSHL games of the year? Because I, I think, this round robin is going to be so interesting. I, I, right now, Union's got to be asking itself, you know, what do we got to do to, to stay in this thing? Uh, that was a shocking loss. Skyview and Camus right now are carrying a lot of mojo uh, into the last few weeks. Union's got to, got to kind of find itself and, and get back into this um, in, in this round robin format. 
Well, it's a fun league title race every year. It was in the spring when there was no postseason to play for. Uh, they found a way to end in a three-way tie. So this is this is a, a league that hasn't had an outright champ in a couple years. And uh, you're right. This is one I'm, I'm really looking forward to following along with. So another league title race that uh, that will be interesting at the top. East Lake beats Mount Side 27-20. Uh, Bothell stays undefeated. There's a week nine matchup coming up here in a couple weeks where Bothell and Eastside are going to play Todd, uh, or Bothell and Eastlake are going to play. Uh, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but uh, you know, based off of what we've seen, these two teams, uh, it, it appears there's a, a legitimate separation uh, up top at the 4A Kinko between two and then beyond that. And, and that speaks, you know, that says something because that's a league that produces. Uh, you know, state contenders every year, and, and I look at that at that Mount Side team that you know played played East like really close, just like a couple weeks ago. You predicted on this podcast um, we might get an undefeated uh, East Side, an undefeated East Lake Bothell matchup in Week Nine. Yeah, you know it's interesting because in in both games this weekend, both of those teams took an early, you know, uh, uppercut. You know, Woodenville scoring on the long pass, Mount Side scoring first. So the, both of those teams kind of had to, you know, claw out of a, a little bit of a hole and go win a game, uh, which was encouraging uh, to see. Um, good to see Will Eaton come back, have a big game um, from from his collarbone injury. And, yeah, like you said, in two weeks, um, these two teams will play for the league championship. This is what happened in 2019 as well. Um, Bothell with that really experienced team um, won that game and went all the way to the state championship game. So we know what this conference is capable of. We know the track record of this conference and a team that, that comes out of the Kinko for a battle tested and with a, with a number one seed, uh, you know, usually fares pretty well in the four a state playoffs. So it's, it's a definitely a, a matchup. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to, um, I, I still like East Lake's big athletes, um, on the outside and what Parker Barry Smith's doing, but, uh, I will never underestimate Tom Boehner and that Bothell team, uh, the way he can coach them up. And, and, and that's exactly what he's done this year. I agree. And you look around 4A and just with the way that, that both of those teams are playing right now and, and the league's history, obviously Bothell was in the state title game two years ago, um, then you look around the state at some other great 4A teams. I mean, we just talked about the GSHL. Uh, I think those teams uh, are, you know, outside of what I saw from Skyview, those teams are maybe a little bit less complete than, than what, what we've seen, um, you know, at Kamiakin, even Gonzaga Prep, which is not as deep as it has been in past years, but that first, second unit, man, that the Bullpups triple option is not going to be something that, that anybody wants to face in the postseason, um, you know, and then you look at the Kinko, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that are going to be lining up to take their shot at Graham Kapowson. And so, you know, <laughs> Eastlake and, and Bothell might be uh, at or near the top of that list. So, you know, coming into the season, we pose the question, is Royal the number one team in the state uh, by the season's end? Because it's been Royals classification for uh, for years now. Uh, it has, you know, they played a, a close state championship game with Lyndon Christian in 2019. Uh, but at the same time, what Wiley Allred has done uh, has has been as impressive as any state powerhouse um, 
you know, in any classification across Washington. And I think a lot of people were looking at, at Royal playing Zilla on Saturday and wondering, is this Zilla team led by Clay Delp, uh, you know, Braden Platt at linebacker, running back, a, a team that, that really likes uh, its size in the trenches, its depth. Second-year coach Ryan Watson, uh, you know, had this thing rolling. Uh, is this a team that can even just chip away at, at, at a Royal? Uh, a Royal that's that you know had graduated the Christiansons from last year and and had replaced some pieces, but appeared uh, like they had just kind of picked up where they left off. And the Knights have done just that. They've rolled everyone they played this year. And the game on their schedule that intrigued me the most was that matchup with Zilla. But against Natchez Valley last week, a senior quarterback Clay Delp suffered a broken collarbone that will likely keep him out the rest of the season, barring a deep playoff run by the Leps. This is a player that Ryan Watson built that power spread offense around. He's an incredibly capable dual threat, you know, very big, big physical uh, tough and a player and a good quarterback. He's a four-year starter. He's an all-state basketball candidate. And his senior season comes to an end, which is really too bad because it wasn't much of a season. He missed the first two games. Uh, he took 11 snaps against College Place, scored four touchdowns in those 11 snaps. And uh, the Zilla's rank showdown against Connell was canceled, and he only played a half in a 70-0 win over LaSalle. So disappointing his high school football career had to end prematurely, but let this be Delp's lasting impression on the high school game. So in that game uh, that he got hurt against Natchez, so he takes the hit that breaks his collarbone. He stays in the game for six more plays, and on one of those plays, he scores on a QB scramble going into the end zone with a broken collarbone. So gritty way to go out, and the good news is I'm told he'll be out you know, six weeks at a minimum, which means that he could make his return to Mario Mangarelli and the Zilla Leopards on the hardwood before Christmas, which is good. Uh, he's one of the state's best players at the 1A level. But Eatonville sits at number two in SB Live's rankings. Uh, I've seen some rankings have them at number one. Uh, they've got a first place vote in last week's AP poll. I saw them play at the center. Eatonville is deeply impressive and I think good enough to win a state championship. But let let Royals 42-0 win over Zilla, albeit shorthanded. Uh, and what the Knights have done uh, to the SCAC and, and anyone they played uh, for the past you know, few seasons serve as a reminder. 1A belongs to Royal until somebody goes out and takes it from him. Yeah, I don't I don't know how anybody can, Andy. I, I just don't know how anybody can. I mean, uh, you want to talk what they're doing this year? Fine. I mean, they're blowing good teams out. Talk about what they did last spring, beating 4A teams, and then what they've done in the past 15 years or so and all the state championships and all the wins and Wiley Allred with a 90, you know, 90% winning percentage uh, with all, I mean, he's, he's had such a fantastic run. You could say it's the best run of a coach in state history. If you look at, you know, the percentages uh, and then for them to go and beat Zilla like that. Um, I, I just think they're a clear number one. I, I, I think, you know, either this Edenville team's a lot of fun. Um, but there's some, there's some, you got to go prove it. And, and they've, they've done, they've done that. They've, they've beaten Tonino. They, they beat a good, a decent Elma team over the weekend. Uh, but I mean, look at the scores that Royal putting up Andy. I mean, they're scoring 60 and 70 points every week. 
some of them against, you know, not the best competition, but I think we consider Zilla good competition, man. Um, and it just happened again. And Wiley, you know, I think Wiley already loves just sort of being in the weeds and, um, and just letting everybody else talk about who could beat them and they'll just kind of go about their business. But Hey, you know, that Derek Bergeson to Luke Bergeson combination, and it's, it scored two long touchdowns in the first quarter on, on Saturday. Um, I'll tell you, you know what they lost. Yeah, it was a lot, but what they still have is pretty impressive. It is, you know, Edenville's got to prove it a little bit. And, and again, uh, when you've been at the top of the state for as long as Royal has, um, you know, you, you get the benefit of the doubt and they've given no reason, uh, I think, uh, with the product they put on the field for that to be called into question yet. So we'll certainly be looking forward to that one. And again, as journalists, we don't root for teams, but we root for stories. And boy, the, the story of that crash course of those two teams, uh, I hope we see it at some point in the postseason. So... Head to the site, scorebooklive.com slash Washington to see our updated power rankings, top tens across East classification. Those things drop first thing on Monday, as well as top performers, top stars across the state in week seven. For SB Live Sports and SB Live Washington, I'm Andy Bueller. He's Todd Millis. We will see you for our predictions podcast on Thursday. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller, as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today.